Hello and welcome to another episode of Covenant and Conversation with me, Rabbi Sachs. In each new episode, we'll explore a Jewish idea from the Hebrew Bible based on the Torah reading of the week. You will notice that there hasn't been a podcast for the past few weeks and that this is not Rabbi Sachs. He apologises for being unable to record the audio himself at the moment, and I hope you will forgive me for filling in. Here is the audio for this week's Pasha of Vayakel. The Beauty of Holiness, or the Holiness of Beauty In Kitisa and in Vayakel, we encounter the figure of Betzalel, a rare type in the Hebrew Bible, the artist, the craftsman, the shaper of beauty in the service of God, the man who, together with Ohaliav, fashioned the articles associated with the tabernacle. Judaism, in sharp contrast to ancient Greece, did not cherish the visual arts. The reason is clear. The biblical prohibition against graven images associates them with idolatry. Historically, images, fetishes, icons and statues were linked in the ancient world with pagan religious practices. The idea that one might worship the work of men's hands was anathema to biblical faith. More generally, Judaism is a culture of the ear, not the eye. As a religion of the invisible God, it attaches sanctity to words heard rather than objects seen. Hence, there is a generally negative attitude within Judaism towards representational art. There are some famous illustrated manuscripts, such as the Bird's Head Haggadah, in which human figures are given bird's heads to avoid representing the full human form. Art is not forbidden as such, there is a difference between three-dimensional and two-dimensional representation. As Rabbi Mayer of Rottenberg made clear in his responsum, there is no trespass in illustrated books against the biblical prohibition. Illustrations are merely flat patches of colour lacking sufficient materiality to constitute a graven image. Indeed, several ancient synagogues in Israel had quite elaborate mosaics. In general, however, Art was less emphasised in Judaism than in Christian cultures in which the Hellenistic influence was strong. Positive references to art in the rabbinic literature are rare. One exception is Maimonides, who says the following, If one is afflicted with melancholy, he should cure it by listening to songs and various kinds of melodies, by walking in gardens and fine buildings, by sitting before beautiful forms, and by things like this which delight the soul and make the disturbance of melancholy disappear from him. In all this he should aim at making his body healthy, the goal of his body's health being that he attain knowledge. The very term in which Maimonides describes the aesthetic experience makes it clear, however, that he sees art in strictly instrumental terms as a way of relieving depression, There is no suggestion that it has value in its own right. The strongest positive statement on art, of which I am aware, was made by Rabbi Abraham HaKohen Cook, the first Ashkenazi chief rabbi of pre-state Israel, describing his time in London during the First World War. When I lived in London, I would visit the National Gallery, and the paintings that I loved most there were those of Rembrandt. In my opinion, Rembrandt was a saint. When I first saw Rembrandt's paintings, they reminded me of the rabbinic statement about the creation of light. When God created the light on the first day, it was so strong and luminous that it was possible to see from one end of the world to the other. And God feared that the wicked would make use of it. What did he do? He secreted it for the righteous in the world to come. 
but from time to time there are great men whom God blesses with a vision of that hidden light. I believe that Rembrandt was one of them, and the light of his paintings is the light which God created on Genesis Day. Rembrandt is known to have had a special affection for Jews. He visited them in his hometown of Amsterdam and painted them, as well as many scenes from the Hebrew Bible. I suspect that what Rabbi Cook saw in his paintings, though, was Rembrandt's ability to convey the beauty of ordinary people. He makes no attempt, most notably in his self-portraits, to beautify or idealise his subjects. The light that shines from them is, simply, their humanity. It was Samson Raphael Hirsch who distinguished ancient Greece from ancient Israel in terms of the contrast between aesthetics and ethics. In his comment on the verse, May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, Genesis chapter 9 verse 27, he observes, The stem of Japheth reached its fullest blossoming in the Greeks, that of Shem in the Hebrews, Israel, who bore and bare the name Shem of God through the world of nations. Japheth has ennobled the world aesthetically. Shem has enlightened it spiritually and morally. Yet as we see from the case of Betzalel, Judaism is not indifferent to aesthetics. The concept of Hidur Mitzvah, beautifying the commandment, meant for the sages that we should strive to fulfil the commands in the most aesthetically pleasing way. The priestly garments were meant to be for honour and adornment. The very terms applied to Betzalel, wisdom, understanding and knowledge, are applied by the book of Proverbs to God himself as creator of the universe. As it says in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 19 and 20, The law and the Lord founded the earth by wisdom. He established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge the depths burst apart and the skies distilled dew. The key to Betzalel lies in his name. It means in the shadow of God. Betzalel's gift lay in his ability to communicate through his work that art is the shadow cast by God. Religious art is never art for art's sake. Unlike secular art, it points to something beyond itself. The tabernacle itself was a kind of microcosm of the universe with one overriding particularity, that in it you felt the presence of something beyond, what the Torah calls the glory of God which filled the tabernacle. The Greeks and many in the Western world who inherited their tradition believed in the holiness of beauty. Jews believed in the opposite, Hadrat Kodesh, the beauty of holiness. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 29.2 Art in Judaism always has a spiritual purpose. To make us aware of the universe as a work of art, testifying to the supreme artist, God himself. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. You can download a written version of my commentary and explore all my additional content by visiting www.rabbisax.org. This year, we also have an accompanying family edition of Covenant and Conversation aimed at connecting children and teenagers with these ideas and thoughts. For a family edition discussion sheet on this week's parasha, please go to www.rabbisax.org slash cc family edition. Thank you.